Hey y'all, welcome back to Musical Ethics with Shari. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. My name is Sharon Bodua Bodua. You can call me Shari if you love what I do. Again, I want to show my sincere appreciation to you for tuning into today's episode. If this is your first time hearing my voice, hi, hello, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you are a returning listener, you know you're the real MVP. Thank you so much. Please don't forget to share, subscribe, review, and rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really, really helps to push the podcast out for other people to, you know, get to find it and listen and enjoy it as you are enjoying it. Well, on today's episode, honestly, if I'm being very honest with you guys, I had no idea what I wanted to talk about for December, um, mostly because I wanted to do something that was around the season that we're in, which is Christmas, but I didn't know exactly what it was that I wanted to talk about. And so I remember a couple of days ago, I was um, trying to get on a bus to come home and I was listening to the happy, um, I mean the happy hour podcast with Jamie Ivy and she was interviewed Preston Perry and if you follow me you know I love Preston Perry and Jackie Hill Perry but that's beside the point she was interviewing Preston Perry and they were talking about um she has this series that she's doing on her podcast about the characters of Christmas, like the people who were around at the time that Jesus was born and you know, the roles that they played and how we can kind of like learn from what they did. So on that particular episode, they were talking about the three wise men and they were just talking about like how, you know, the star came, the angel came to tell them that Jesus was born, blah, blah, blah. And kind of like just drawing lessons and inspiration from the role that they played in, you know, the Messiah coming on earth. And as I was listening to them talk, I was just thinking like, we talk about this story most of the time, literally all the time in churches, especially during Christmas. And we talk about it because like it's been written down for us to just read about it. But I was just wondering like how bizarre and how strange would it be for like for the people who actually had a role to play in the messiah coming because like for us we just listen to it as a story and we don't like really we can't even put ourselves in their shoes because we don't even know how it looked like or how it felt like to them like as they were talking about it i was just thinking like how bizarre would their characters and what they had to do in order to play a, an important role in the Messiah coming on earth. Like how bizarre was it to them, you know? So um, as I was thinking about that and I was thinking about what I wanted to do for this episode for December, I just decided to do bizarre questions I have on Jesus' nativity. So today I'm just going to basically just ask questions and I'm not even looking for answers honestly because as finite as we are as human beings we can never really understand it's like yeah we can never really understand what has already happened in the past all we can do is just you know 
try to imagine it. So I'm not the questions I'm I'm going to ask. I'm not even looking for answers. I just I just want to talk about them because like I think they're just bizarre and maybe we can you know find some lessons and some inspirations from the things that I talk about today. So that's what we're gonna do on this episode. I don't know how it's gonna go yet because I don't have a script. So we just go with it. <laughs> Let's do it. So obviously on this episode, we don't talk about anything without music. That's 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 not going to work. Everything we do here, there has to be a theme song that we're, you know, trying to discuss. So on today's episode, the song and the discussion is Born Tonight by Jimmy Grace Collins. So this song was released in 2016 and it was written by Jimmy Grace Collins. And it is found on her album called The Christmas Collection. Like I said, like before I get into everything, I just want to say, first of all, disclaimer, I really do not believe that Jesus was born on 25th December. That's number one. I don't. But I appreciate the fact that we've taken that day to kind of um, remember that he was actually born Although in culture right now, it has been overly commercialized and people have completely forgotten the reason why they celebrate Christmas in the first place. But I do appreciate the fact that we've taken that day or that period to remember Jesus's birth. But I do not believe that he was born on 25th of December. Also, like I said before, I also want to like reiterate that I understand that there are some things in the Bible that are mysteries that we can never understand because our minds are just finite. We cannot understand it. But I'm just really just asking these questions because I find them to be very interesting. And I think that if we ask ourselves these questions, these stories that we read in the Bible would become less familiar and it will sound less like something where just like like a fiction, you know? It will sound less like a fiction and start to sound like something that actually happened. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about actually goes with the first verse of the song that we're discussing, Born Tonight by Jimmy Grace. So the verse says, and I quote, Not in a castle like you think, no. Golden slippers on his feet. The king is born tonight, just a stable to call home, but he doesn't even feel alone. The king is born tonight. So what I think about when I like hear these lyrics and I think about the fact that the Messiah had to come and there was no place for him to be born than in a manger. I don't know about you guys, but that is just so bizarre. The fact that he was a king, but he wasn't born in a palace, but in a manger. I'm just thinking, like, the people around that time who are actually looking forward to his birth, there's a high probability that they would be looking for, like, the king, like, the, the famous king or the popular king at that time, maybe Herod, to give birth to a son, and maybe that would be the king of Israel. But... It just so happens that even during the time that he was supposed to be born, there was no place for him 
not even a hospital, you know, and they had to put him in a manger. And I remember I was watching Elevations Church's um, Christmas service, and Pastor Stephen Furtick said something that I found really profound. He was talking about how, um, I think the topic was, what's the big deal? And he was talking about how something that was such a big deal to heaven, like the God of the universe was coming down as a human being to die and save us. It was such a big deal in heaven, like, ciao. But then people here on earth could not even make space for him to be born. Can you imagine? Like the hospitals around, the hotels around, the rooms around, the innkeeper could not make space for the king of heaven to be born. So for something that was such a big deal to heaven, it meant absolutely nothing to the people here on earth. And I think about it like, it's probably because of the vessels that like God decided to use because he did not, I'm pretty sure if, if it was like Herod looking for a place to give birth to his son, they would, they would definitely be able to make a space for him. But just because he chose people who were nothing, you know, in quotations, like nothing, according to the standards of culture, nobody regarded them. It was just Mary and Joseph. Like they were not popular. They were not famous. They were not rich. They were not handsome or beautiful or whatever. Like they had no societal standing. And so because of that, nobody wanted to make space for them, even though the thing that they were carrying was going to be the biggest like person or the biggest history. Like they were literally making history. But just because of the vessel it came through, people did not regard it. So I'm just thinking, like, how can we apply that to our lives? You know, sometimes you feel like, oh, I'm not that pretty. I'm not that rich. I'm not, you know, famous or popular. I don't have these connections, blah, blah, blah. But you know deep down in your heart that the thing that you're carrying is history in the making. You're not alone. I'm pretty sure Mary and Joseph felt the same way too, you know? Especially for Mary, that woman, like whenever I, th- I would really want to have a conversation with her of all the characters in the Bible. She's definitely the one that I would want to have a conversation with because, okay, I'm not going to go ahead of myself. I'm going to talk about that later. But what I'm trying to say now is for her to think that an actual angel came to tell her that she was going to be pregnant and then you go to an innkeeper and he's like, I don't have space for you here. You would have to use the manger. If it was me, I'd be like, bruh, do you know the baby who's in my belly? Do you know the baby that I'm carrying? I am carrying like God, the maker of heaven and earth. And you were there telling me you do not have space for me. Are you kidding me? Oh my days, I would really like to go back then and just stand somewhere and just watch, really just watch her reaction when that innkeeper told her, we don't have space for you, you'd have to use the manger. Like, I, I know people try to make it sound like, oh, Mary was so calm and she was collected and she didn't really say anything or make it, and that could be true, but like in my head, in my head, I feel like she was, she had the 
are you kidding me facial expression on you know like are you kidding me really oh my days anyway let's just move on so yeah that's what i think about um and then also it all kind of makes sense because he had to be born in a manger not because um like i don't know i feel like it had to be that way just so that scriptures would be fulfilled because um he jesus is used to symbolize a lamb you know and so i feel like that was god just literally telling us that this is the lamb that takes away the sins of the world you know so yeah he had to be born in a manger it was all for a reason it was never it's not something that just happened you know it was all random yeah that's what i'm trying to say it's not random it was for a reason yeah and i i appreciate the dynamics in that like looking back now when we read about it it makes sense but i'm just thinking like when it was happening in the moment the people who were there how did they feel you know how did they respond to that i just think it's absolutely bizarre okay the second verse let's move on to the second verse this is going to be a really short episode (laughs) anyway let's move on to the second verse it says that miles away they felt the joy traveled so that they could adore the king born tonight his mom his mother and his father there blown away that they would raise the king born tonight so um when i hear this what i think about is the fact that it was a star that directed the wise men a star in the sky look at how big the sky is yo i cannot even follow directions on google map if i tell you the number of times i have been lost here in uk you would clap for me (laughs) it's only by god's grace that i'm sitting in my room right now I can't even follow directions on Google Map. And Google Map is clear, you know? Like, it's very precise and clear. They had to follow a star. And, like, I just wonder, like, the star, was it the only star in the sky at that time? Like, how could they just pick out that particular star? Because, like, most of I don't know what the weather looked like there. But most of the times when there are stars in the skies, it's not just it's okay, I don't I don't know. I don't follow astronomy. Is that it? Astronomy? Yeah, I don't follow it that much, but I don't I don't think there's ever been like just one star in the sky. Like most of the times when there are stars in the sky, it's just a couple of stars. How were they able to like pick it out that okay, this is the one that we're supposed to follow? And you know this thing where like when you're walking the sky follows you? You know, like, I don't know if you, you guys have realized it, but sometimes there will be a cloud and then as you walk inside, the cloud is following. Even sometimes the sun or even the moon, you know, like everywhere you go, you just see it. It's like it's following you. So how did they know to follow the star and not think that maybe it's the star that's following them? Listen, I think that is so bizarre. It doesn't make any sense to me. It has to be supernatural. You know, sometimes like I'm like, how do people not think that there are supernatural stuff happening on earth? It had it had to be supernatural. It was not natural, you know? And um, so when I was like thinking about this star, um, 
I called my dad and I asked him like every preacher's kid would do if they have a question about the Bible. <laughs> you don't go to the Bible yourself. You just call your dad. <laughs> I called my dad and I asked him like this particular star, were they looking out for the star? Because they were shepherds, right? And they were on the field looking after their sheep. So it's obvious that they didn't wake up that morning looking for the star, you know? Like they were going about their normal day-to-day business just doing what what they do, right? And then and then the star comes. How were they able to like notice that oh this star is special and we're supposed to follow it? I know I get it like that. Like, before the star came, the angel came to announce to them that the, the the Messiah has been born and all of that, but still. You know, still. And then I asked my dad, and my dad actually said, yeah, there's a prophecy about the star um, in the Bible by Balaam, I think, the star of Jacob. So that is, so they might have been looking out for it. It's possible. And then when they went to Herod to tell him that they saw his star rise or something, and Herod went to, you know, the scribes and the priests and the Pharisees, blah, 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 to look for evidence that he's been born um they actually confirmed that his star was supposed to appear or something in the bible somewhere you know so i i think maybe they were looking out for it and so when they saw it they could say it back i'm just like also thinking how in tune were they with god to the extent that like he could grab the attention like that because sometimes when you're just going on your normal day to day, and this prophecy has been there for a long time, you know, it wasn't like they prophesied about it. Balaam, 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 Balaam happened like five hundred years ago before those wise men came. You know, Balaam was a long time ago, so the prophecy had been there. For, even Isaiah's prophecy had been there for a really, really long time. So I don't think you just go around expecting a prophecy to be fulfilled after he's been there for that long you kind of like start living life on autopilot like we do most of the time when god promises us something and it's taking too long we just do life on autopilot we're not in tune we're not looking out for it you know like you sometimes you just forget about it or you get discouraged that it's never gonna happen so you're not looking out for it but how in tune were these people to the point that God was able to just grab their attention and they left everything that they were supposed to do and they followed the star. I honestly believe that they must have been looking out for it. Like, you know, they probably were going on about their day-to-day activities, but deep down in their hearts, they were looking out for it. And that's amazing to me and that's also bizarre. And I think that's the reason why we we cannot joke with having devotion and communion with God and When I say we, I'm talking about me, like this girl speaking to you right now. I'm talking to myself, actually. We can't, I can't joke with having devotion with God. Like it has to happen every day. Every time I wake up to do whatever I have to do, I have to make sure that I establish connection with him first. I spend time with him first so that he would be able to grab my attention when he needs to and like throughout my day i shouldn't go through life on autopilot i should always be keeping my mind on him so that when he says something even when he whispers i'm able to hear you know yeah
And also, what I was thinking is like, these white wise men, what did they do to get the qualifications to be called wise men? I'm just guessing that the reason why they were wise men was because they were looking out for the Messiah, you know, like they were that in tune with God that he was able to grab the attention. They weren't wise because they knew the Bible from cover to cover or because they go to church every day. Or be, I don't know. I just, I feel like there was nothing special that they did on their own for them to be called wise men. They were just in touch with their creator and that qualified them to be wise. They did absolutely nothing. Like God literally just looked through the earth and decided to choose these people as the wise men. It was just grace, you know, unmerited, unfavored, on oh pastor mike has an amazing definition for grace i always forget it uh he says it's unmerited um undeserved yes undeserved they did not deserve to be called wise men it was unmerited it was undeserved favor of god you know and sometimes it's just like us sometimes like you have a a big dream a big ambition or something but God has put something in your heart that you're supposed to do. And you're just wondering, like, why me? You know, like, why me? Why do I have to do it? Like, or on the flip side, sometimes you're just wondering, oh, I don't qualify. You don't have to. You know, oh, I don't deserve this. You don't have to. It's just, it's called grace. You don't deserve it. You, you don't merit it. You just receive it. You know, we can never understand why God chooses to use some people can never get it unless we go up there and ask him and that's gonna take a while so um that's how finite our understanding is so you just receive it as grace and you stop questioning it you know yeah um and then also with this why i have a lot of questions for the wise men honestly i do i do have a lot of questions for them um <laughs> and like the wise men they were shepherds you know that's pretty strange. They were shepherds because at that time they were scribes, they were Pharisees, they were priests. You know, the king was there. He was not a wise man. <laughs> the king, the king was not. A, obviously, the king was not a wise man. You know, the king. <laughs> There's no question about it. He was obviously not a wise man. He needed therapy. Herod needed God. He needed Jesus, and he needed therapy. He was messed up yeah but like the priests and the scribes and the pharisees they were not wise men anyway god decided to choose shepherds people that were so lowly nobody cared about them and he decided to use them as the wise men so whatever your background is whatever situation that you're in you could be poor you could be rich you could be ugly, you could be beautiful, you could be confident, you could not be confident. What's the opposite for confident? Shy, you could be, could have high self-esteem, you could have low self-esteem. Like whatever you think your situation is, God can use it and he wants to use it, you know? So don't ever be discouraged about your background or where you're coming from, that maybe your family don't have money or you don't have connections. Listen, God can use you and he actually, actually really, really wants to. He would bypass. Listen, 
I am a living testimony when I tell you he would bypass those who have the connections, those who can't afford it, those who have the money. He would bypass all of those people. And come and find somebody who does not have the connection, does not have the money, and say, this is my grace. Receive it. I'm a living testimony child. So don't ever let your um, background discourage you. The the economy in heaven is not having a hard time, you know. There, there's no coup d'état in heaven. Uh, the economy is not sinking, you know. I want to mention somebody's name, and I know I can't. <laughs> oh my days! I want to mention somebody's name. I want to mention a certain political party's name, but I cannot do that. This, this, no, we can't. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> the next thing that I want to talk about really is. Just the sudden appearance of angels. Like uh, around that time, like angels were just like appearing left, right, center. Isn't it strange? Like, have you, like, if you're listening to me, think about it. Have you ever thought, if an angel should appear to me right now, what am I going to do? How is it going to feel like? Like, do they have a glowing light around them? Or are, just, are they just like normal human beings because you know in the bible there's a scripture that says that you should entertain strangers because you you don't know you might be entertaining an angel so it means that sometimes you could be interacting with an angel but you wouldn't know because they kind of look like human beings but the angels that were appearing to mary and to the wise men and to elizabeth and all of those people they could tell that they were angels because whenever they saw them they would fall on their knees like hide their faces or something and then the angel would be like fear not you know like they would be frightened i don't think you would see a normal human being and be frightened they would actually be frightened so it's obvious that they could tell that this person is an angel they were just appearing left right center sometimes i think i'm like wondering like god like why did you take that away from us though like why is it that this generation we don't get to see angels like that it would be so cool to just be you know washing your clothes one day cleaning your room or studying and you just raise up your head and listen i'm gonna be honest and tell on myself all my days i'm gonna be honest and tell on myself sometimes when i have my devotion huh and i'm praying that i have my eyes closed and i'm praying i have my eyes closed there's some reason every time i open my eyes in my head i'm thinking maybe i'll open my eyes and i'll see an angel sitting on my bed <laughs> you know you guys you know there's this like a um, picture of a little i don't know i can't really describe the picture really well but i think i've seen it somewhere there's a picture of a little girl um on her knees beside her bed praying and then like Jesus is sitting at the place where she has knelt down. So she's kneeling on Jesus's knees and praying. And Jesus has his hands on her. Sometimes when I pray in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, Jesus is just sitting there and I'm in his arms and I'm just talking to him. All my days, I have such a wild imagination. I don't even know how he looks like, but I'm able to imagine him. Anyway, I'm just thinking, sometimes I'm like, why was it that normal to just be seeing angels left, right, and center? Like, Mary sees an angel, Elizabeth sees an angel, Joseph has a dream, and there's an angel in it. 
the wise men see an angel like everybody's seeing angels and in this generation there's just nothing nothing it's just people 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 men women children people and animals nothing nothing <sighs> if only you could choose the generation you were born into anyway moving on <laughs> One other thing that I also really wanted to talk about um, is um, it actually comes from like the song that we're discussing. It says, I think it's in the second verse. It says, his mother and his father there blown away that they would raise the king born tonight. Were they though? Were they blown away? I know she says it in the song that they were blown away. And that's a like that's a um, perspective, and that's totally fine. Like I'm not trying to say she's wrong or anything. Like we don't know, we were not there, so we don't know. So that's okay. But I'm just saying my perspective is where they do, where they blown away. Imagine you and your wife, y'all pregnant, and you're gonna give birth. First of all, no, listen, let's just let's, let's just take it way back. Let's just take it way, 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 way back. You're a guy and you want to get married to a girl. And the girl comes. <laughs> There's this TikTok video. Oh my God. Listen, I'm so sorry if this episode is all over the place. Like I said, I don't have a script, okay? So you guys should bear with me. There's this, there's this TikTok video that I saw. It was this girl. She's so beautiful. Uh, and then it was like, she was doing a point of view, POV. And it was like, Mary and Joseph. And then Mary goes to Joseph, like, Joseph, I'm pregnant. And Joseph was like, with who? Mary was like, God, how bizarre is that? You know, that you want to get married to a lady and she comes to you like, I'm pregnant. And then who? Who did this to you? You're like, God, girl. What? <laughs> oh, my God. Hmm. I, I, listen, the Bible is bizarre. It's so bizarre. And sometimes I understand when people don't believe in it. But if you're not going to believe in it, what you going to believe in? Is that a better book? Anyway. So yeah, let's take your way back. You want to get married to a girl and she comes like, I'm pregnant. Like, we feel good. That's red flag number one. <laughs> That's red flag number one. Right? And you're like, you know what? I don't want to embarrass this girl. I'm just going to put her away and nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to know. How would they know? Nobody's going to know. How would they know? And then, and then you go to bed and then there's an angel... And he's like, don't you dare. How <laughs> dare you? How dare you to put her away? If it was me, I'm like, hey, small marriage that I want to marry. Angels are coming. I'm done. I don't want to do it no more. <laughs> you know, so there's that. And then it's time to give birth. And y'all go to your hometown and you cannot find a place to give birth to this baby who is supposed to be God. Like, if you're God, create a place. Like, listen, you came to impregnate my wife illegally. And now we can't find a place to give birth to you. You didn't think to, you know, put a house or a hospital there already for so that when you come, you'd actually have a place to stay you you didn't think to put that together and then like 
the place that you guys find is a manger. Oh my god. Like I'm just thinking like were they blown away? Like were they thrilled about it? Were they excited to see Jesus? Because this child is coming with a lot of trouble. A lot of pe- people right now don't go through half of the things Joseph and Mary went through and they give up on their marriage, they give up on their relationships, they give up on their family. They don't go through half of it. Were they blown away? Because they are humans too. They have brains in their head. They can think. They can second guess. Like it's not like they were superhumans, you know. So were they really thrilled, or was it that God gave them a supernatural understanding or a supernatural like faith in Him so much so that they were willing to withstand all of that, or was it just because they were predestined to do that? It just came easy to them. Like they just got it. They could understand it. They they they, they understood the sacrifice that they had to make for that baby to come out. Were they thrilled? Were they happy? Or were they overwhelmed by the future? Were they stressed? Because uh going to every single hospital with a pregnant woman trying to find a place is not an easy job, you know? And in my head, Mary would be very cranky and very emotional. Like all pregnant women are. So was it that easy? I'm I'm just really thinking. And then y'all give birth to this baby. First of all, like another thing, who who was the midwife? Was it the innkeeper? Was it Joseph? Because it was a major. So who did the push, 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 push? Who did that one? Hey, hey. Who cuts the um the cord? The I'm not gonna say the first word because I feel like if I say it, I'm gonna mess it up. So you know the cord I'm talking about, the one that connects the baby and the yeah. Who cut it? Who did? Who was the midwife? Or oh, they went to call a midwife from somewhere. Is it in the Bible that they went to call a midwife from somewhere to do that? Anyway, bizarre questions. We're doing bizarre questions, guys. Just bizarre questions. We're not looking for answers, we're just asking. Um, you give birth to the baby. And then suddenly there are three wise men that come to tell you that, oh, there was an angel that came. And we saw a star, we followed a star, and now here we are. And we didn't come empty, hun. First of all, another thing, I don't think where the, where the shepherds were and then where Jesus was born was like a short distance. It could have taken a while for those shepherds to walk all the way from where they were to where um, Mary and Joseph was. So was it that when Mary and Joseph gave birth, like immediately they gave birth, the angel told the wise men and they started their journey. And Mary and Joseph, so if it took them two days to get to where, to get to Bethlehem, did Mary and Joseph stay at the manger place for two days for the, um, for the wise men to get to them? Or did God calculate it and told the wise men two days earlier that the Messiah is going to be born? So start your journey. So immediately they got there, Jesus had been born. Which is which? Bizarre questions. Like I said, just bizarre questions. So the three wise men came and they're like, um, we have gifts for you. Okay, what is it? Gold. And they, what, 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 what were the gifts? Wait, you guys, wait, let me go find the gifts. Okay, I found it. I think the gifts were gold, myrrh, and frankincense. Okay. So you heard I gave birth to a baby. 
and you're coming to my baby shower. Gold is okay. Gold is okay because we can sell the gold and, and get money. Gold is money. Gold is okay. Myrrh and frankincense. Hmm. You didn't think to bring diapers? Pampas? Baby food? Baby clothes? Baby shoes? <laughs> if it was me, if I was Mary, I'd look at you like, hmm. You didn't find baby foods on your way here? <laughs> you didn't find baby clothes? No? Pampas? Diapers? You know, nothing? No? Feeding bottle? No? Okay. Okay, you just found gold, meh, and frankincense. Okay. Mm. I'm just thinking about how I would have reacted if you're coming to my baby shower and you bring gold, meh, and frankincense. Bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. But those three gifts absolutely meant something about the ministry or the life that this little baby Jesus was going to live. They all had purpose. And I'm just thinking, did Mary and Joseph understand the purpose so they didn't say anything? Or was Mary as savage as maybe like, y'all came here to give me this? These are the gifts you bring to my baby shower. You are not coming to my baby shower when I have another baby. <laughs> I don't want to see you there. Oh, my days. Anyway, um, mm, bizarre questions, guys. So uh, the chorus of the song is that so feast your eyes on the holy one the fight for freedom has begun sons and daughters you must rise the king is born tonight i'm gonna take a breather here and we're gonna go do epic news and, and then we'll come back and continue with the episode if this is your first time listening to this episode um epic news is where i talk about some news making rounds in the gospel industry and some new songs that have been released so let's do epic news on today's episode um i couldn't find any news though um but i did find a couple of um new gospel songs that have been released i've listened to a couple of them they are really really good so you can check them out and add them to your playlist. So the first one is The First Noel by Tasha Cobbs Leonard. And then we have I've Heard About You by Crowder. We have Remember Jesus by Teddy and Tina Campbell, Brian Courtney Wilson, Marvin Wyness, Cece Wyness, and Natalie Grants. And we have Emmanuel Christmas Songs of Worship Adelects. We have you Will Be Found by Natalie Grand and Corey Asbury. I've actually listened to this one and it's really good. There are really nice renditions of this great song out there. Good song. Really, really good. Um, we have Keep Looking Up by Britt Nicole and Joel Burns. We have State of the Union by Amanda Cook and Yours to Use by Aaron Cole and Jonathan Mark Reynolds. I've also listened to this one, obviously, because it's Jonathan Mark Reynolds, but this is also really, really good. Just to look, it's a deep song, you know? Like, whenever I listen to it, I'm like, I'm gonna do an episode about this song. It's really deep, you know? Jonathan Mark Reynolds always have deep songs. 
So these are the songs I found. You can check them out, add them to your playlist. If you like any of them, let me know. Just slide into my DM, send me an email, whatever. All of my details, sorry, all of my details will be in the um, show notes. Let's move on to the episode. <laughs> Okay guys, so um, this is going to be the last part of the episode to kind of like conclude everything. So what are some of the lessons that um, we've drawn from the bizarre questions that we've had so far about Jesus's nativity? And I, I came up with four, so I'm going to give that to you and then we're going to do epic lyric and then close this out. The first one is that God works in mysterious and bizarre ways. According to our human understanding and thinking, though, what we think God should do, he really does. Our human understanding can never grasp how he does his things. Everything he does is always going to be bizarre to us. He does. And that is the reason why I believe so much in always submitting your plans to God. Because I was like talking to a friend and I was telling him that if you go around making your own plans and putting your own deadlines on things, and that is not the plan of God for your life, the disappointment that you feel from that, it's gut-wrenching. I can't, I can't describe how disappointing and how painful it is when you have a certain expectation of something happening, but because you didn't submit it to God, for him to co-sign it, you just run around with your own plans and it does not happen. It is so painful and nobody can help you with pain like that because you have to come to the realization that you messed up, you know? So I'm very, very big on giving your plans to God. Even when I I don't always do my devotion because I don't always do my devotion. It's been a while since I did a devotion. I don't always do my devotion, but I every time I'm thinking of doing something, like in the back of my head, I'm thinking, God, is this what you want me to do? God, is this what you want me to do? I'm always asking that. Even when I sin, and I know that I'm not God's favorite person right now, like in my head though, because that's never true. You're always God's favorite person. But like even when I feel in my head that I'm not God's favorite person, I'm still always asking him, like, is this what you want me to do? Like, is this your plan? Do you want this for me? I, 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 I'm big on doing that because even when you miss the mark, right? Like even when you ask him, God, is this what you want me to do? And you miss the mark and you end up doing what he doesn't want you to do, or you end up, you know, falling into something that is not his plan for you. You can always remind him and tell him that God, I asked you if this is what you wanted me to do. You did not say anything. Or you did not, you know, disapprove. Like, there was nothing. And so I did it. Because I acknowledge you, I can boldly come back to you and tell you to please fix it. Because I acknowledged you before doing it. You know? Like, you have that confidence. It is way better than just running around with your plan, expecting God to be your genie, and grant you your three wishes. That ain't how it works. Mary and Joseph had any expectation of what giving birth to Jesus was going to be like because an angel announced his coming. So obviously we're going to be rich in like two weeks. We're going to build a mansion because we're going to give birth to God. 
and we're going to find the best hospital and the best midwife to help us give birth. And we're going to have no problems because we are obviously giving birth to God. And Herod is not going to chase us around. You know, like if it had these weird expectations, those expectations would have flown off the window of your minds very, very quickly when they realized that they were not in the hospital but they were in a manger. How disappointed would they have been if they had their own expectations of how Jesus was supposed to come and it was nothing like they thought it would be? You know, they thought they would give birth and like the whole world would be thrilled about it. They give birth and there are only three people who comes to see them. And they have to immediately run away to Egypt because Herod is killing everybody trying to kill their baby. Who would expect that to happen to them? Nobody. As we go through life, as we go into 2023, let's not go with our own plans. We have a plan of how we want the year to be. But please submit it to God. I'm begging you to submit it to God. I will move on because I'm spending way too much time and this is supposed to be a short episode. The second thing is, when God says he will do something, he already knows how he's going to get it done. And the person through whom he's going to get it done. He's not surprised. He's not taking aback. He's not wondering or he's not looking. He, he knows. He's aware. And so if he says he's going to use you, there's nothing that's going to happen to you. There's nothing that happen around you that's going to make him go, oops, I chose the wrong person. No, he never chooses the wrong person. You know, even if, even if you decide I'm not going to do what God says I should do, he already knows that he wants to use you and you're going to say you're not going to do it. So he's going to do it through this other person. You think God didn't know that Saul was going to mess up and so he was going to end up using David? He knew. <laughs> he was very aware it was all part of the plan you know yeah so that's lesson number two lesson number three we must be conscious of the presence and beckoning of God yeah so like how the wise men was so in touch with God that he was able to grab the attention when the most important thing is happening we must also always stay in communion with him so that when the most important thing is happening when he's making history in our lives, would he would be able to grab our attention and tell us, yo, I'm doing this for you. Yo, can you see me working? Like we'd be able to actually see it and it wouldn't feel like it's happening outside of us. The last and final lesson is that we're finite human beings and we have finite, finite minds. We can never understand everything in the Bible and that's on period. We should be okay with that. That's why Christianity is anchored on faith. The evidence of things hoped for and things not yet seen. We can't put ourselves in their shoes to actually know how they feel. We can't answer every question in the Bible. There's so many questions I have. There are so many characters in the Bible that I wish I could just sit down and just ask them, what were you thinking? You know, with probably would have the opportunity to do that when we go to heaven but for now we just have to accept that we're never going to be able to understand everything so if you're in christianity or you are not and you're just you know looking for ways to understand everything brah quit quit doing that you're never going to understand everything and that's the reason why we have to have faith in God. We don't understand everything we believe in. We can answer every question. You, you can't even really explain. You know what? I'm not even going to go there. 
<laughs> you can't even really explain how you put a seed in the ground and then you pour water on it and it comes out with stems and branches and leaves. Where are the stems and branches and the leaves in the seed that you put in the ground? Can you explain that? If you're able to explain that, then you can come tell me to explain everything in the Bible. We're never going to understand everything. And so if you're okay with how trees grow, you should be okay with some of the things that you don't understand in the Bible. You know, just have faith in God that his word is true. He wants what's best for you. He wants an actual relationship with you. That's on period. Yeah, I'm done. Let's go do epic lyrics. If this is your first time listening to this episode, Epic Lyric is the segment where I play my favorite part of the song under discussion. So here is Epic Lyric of Born Tonight by Jimmy Grace Collins. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This episode was um, not supposed to be this long, but because I don't have a script, that's what happens. I feel so good about um recording this episode thank you so much for listening i really appreciate everything that you have done to support the podcast since the beginning of 2022 till now i am always always grateful that you tune you tune in to spend some quality time with me um 2023 i have a vision let's pray to god that i get disciplined enough to bring the vision to pass. I wish you a Merry Christmas, belated, of course. I hope you enjoyed your holidays and you enjoy the new year. I hope for blessings and favor and grace and vision and understanding and protection and provision for you and your family. I don't just wish it, I pray that God grants you all of that. Thank you so much for spending time with me. Don't forget to click the subscribe button to share with your friends and your family and to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate you. I love you. And until we meet again in 2023, be safe, be happy, be you. Bye.